At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's another edition of the Talking Mets podcast here on this Sunday, April the 5th, 2020. Of course, I'm your host, Mike Silva. You can check me out all the time at the thetalkingmetspodcast.com. Send me a tweet at Mike Silva Media, and you can get the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much whatever podcasting service you desire. If I'm not on one, send me a note at Mike Silva at talkingmetspodcast.com, and I'll try to get on there and... There's that. Welcome back to another edition of the podcast, and obviously with this nuttiness that's been going on, I've been telling you guys that I'm not sure if we're going to do shows every week. It's hard with essentially not as such everything is shut down, even baseball. Even though baseball's not being played, there's really no interaction, transactions, or a heck of a lot of news going on. But I am going to try to bring you a show every week. We're trying to get back here on the Sunday schedule, which uh, is today. And I thought today I'd bring in, he was in a couple of months ago, but who better to talk about what baseball could look like? And I know it's so so hard to talk about that with what's going on in the world, uh, especially over the last few days in New York, the, uh, the deaths and the horror that's been going on, that maybe that's not even what you want to talk about. But for those that do, uh, there, I believe, will be a baseball season. I hope it's a competent baseball season, not just something that they try to shove in, and that's been my my concern. So I decided to bring in Maury Brown from Forbes, had a chance to talk to him a couple of days ago, get his take on what he's hearing. He's clearly connected with the commissioner's office and those higher-ups in baseball. I've been talking to a few people, and the feeling I've been getting is they want to start sooner rather than later. I don't think they necessarily care if there are fans in the stands. They want to play as many games as possible. And certainly my concern with that is, well, yeah, I get the revenue perspective on that. You have to have revenue. You have to have uh, a certain amount of games played. But I also think there's an art and a science to everything. And the science says play as many games as possible. Jam it all in. The players need to make their money. The owners need to make their money. Uh, We'll play it in front of no fans. And then there's the art, which is what the game is all about, which the product is all about, which makes me say, let's just try to play the most amount of games 
that's realistic with whatever time is allotted that keeps players safe, keeps the fans safe, and gives us the best quality product. And and I worry about that part because I think that that's maybe not being, I'm sure it's being talked about, but I feel that the overarching theme has been, well, how can we get started? How can we get these games in? And just start playing games. It's almost like when you're playing in a softball league and you're trying to get as many games in as possible because your permit runs out. And that's not what Major League Baseball is all about. I will say yesterday, uh, if you were, I don't know, you know, depending if you're in the area of New York or listening outside the area, I know we have a good contingent of listeners that are former New Yorkers or Mets fans outside the area, was the first day, the spring day, it was about 60, 62 degrees out there. Went out for a, a nice walk to spend some time out in the yard yesterday doing some things. First day that you could say, well, this was a baseball spring day, that you really knew the game wasn't with us. It's, you guys always know the the April day, that first April day where it's not quite spring, it's not certainly not summer, but it's not winter. It's a tweener. And you still may need a jacket. It's not like you go out and just wear no jacket or wear shorts. But for a brief period of time, usually between like the noon to about 4 or 5 o'clock where you could maybe squeeze a baseball game in, you felt that first feeling of spring and summer and baseball and about the thawing out of the long, cold winter. And for obvious reasons, there was no baseball here yesterday. And I guess, not that it made me sad, but it made me really start to, it starts to hit you. Because even on opening day when we did our opening day show the last time, the weather wasn't great. The weather hasn't always. It's been cold and rainy and raw. And, and even though you knew there would be baseball being played in those environments, it wasn't exactly that feeling that you got yesterday for the first time here in 2020. And hopefully we'll have baseball soon. Hopefully it'll be on competent terms. Hopefully it'll be safe for everyone. I, I, I believe all those things will have to be in play for there to be a, an effective baseball season. I don't think there, there'd be any reason to do it with anything less. And I'm not, and I know I, I saw uh, Ron Darling, uh, our friend over there, say that he's starting to get the feeling that there won't be a season. I'm not ready to say that. I had originally thought you could probably get a really solid 144-game season starting May 1st. That's clearly not going to happen. Uh, I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if this thing doesn't kick off till July 1st. Uh, mid-June, July, and I think you're looking at uh, maybe less than what we talked about on our last show when we had uh, the split season and we looked back at 1981 and we talked about 100 to 110, 112 game season. Uh, I, I think you could still do that. I think there's a lot left to be desired in terms of how that can be done and, and when we can start. But uh, you're looking at anything less than 81, I think, is a joke, and I, and I, I don't know how you would even justify that. But uh, I think there's a window, and, and the, I guess you have to see how things turn out in the world, and specifically in New York, over the next couple of weeks to see if even that type of season is uh, realistic and feasible. But if you were in New York yesterday, and you had that feeling when you're out there, if you had a chance to go out, and you were able to do it in a healthy and safe way, where you get that, that first spring feeling, you know what I'm talking about, that's what you were looking for. And that's when you were probably ready to turn on the television, turn on SNY, and and see you know who the Mets were playing, whether it be at City Field. I think they were supposed to be in Milwaukee last night, so it would have been a night game indoors in the Midwest. So we we wouldn't have got a chance to see them play in our weather, 
But you guys will know and get the idea that uh, what I'm talking about. All right, let's take a quick break. When I return, you'll hear from Maury Brown of Forbes. What is he hearing out there? What kind of season can we expect post all this? And here's another big thing, and he wrote about it in Forbes just the other day. What's going to happen to the minor leagues and the development of top prospects? That's been a hot topic even before all this. Now, basically, the pandemic has put the minor league season probably in total jeopardy and maybe minor league teams and cities in jeopardy as well. You're listening to the Talking Mets podcast. We'll be back with more right after this. The Talking Mets podcast is available on many outlets, but the most popular is Apple Podcast. Hi, I'm Mike Silva, the host of the Talking Mets podcast, and I encourage you to leave a review about the program on Apple. Just rate it one to five stars, hopefully a five because why wouldn't you? And then if you have time, leave a review. It helps the podcast continue to grow and encourages others to take a listen. You can also email me at MikeSilva at TalkingMetsPodcast.com. No G, TalkingMetsPodcast.com. Hope to hear from you soon. And enjoy the rest of the show. I'm joined by Maury Brown, uh, Forbes. It's uh, been a couple of months, actually. Uh, Maury's back pretty quickly. You can check him out on Twitter at BizBallMaury. Uh, he's got a great column today up at Forbes about the minor leagues. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about what baseball is going to do with this unique situation. Maury, you know, the last time we talked, the sign-stealing... Mets ownership went to hell. Um, you know, all this stuff that's going on in baseball that seems so trite now with the situation at hand. So first, how you doing? And second, uh, aren't you looking for the good old days when sign stealing and Mets ownership was kind of like the big controversy that we could talk about? Well, thanks for asking, Mike. I mean, I'm doing well. Um, I hope everybody else that's listening is hanging in and doing well. I mean, it's just an incredible time right now. Um, yeah, it changed real quick. Um, in, in ways that um, nobody anticipated. Look, I mean, it's just, I mean, uh, you can have a discussion about how we approach this situation with the information at hand, but um, still, it, it, it's just run ramshot through every aspect of life. And yeah, I, I would give anything right now to hear people complain about Rob Manfred, you know, wanting to, you know, <laughs> use a three pitch minimum, you know, three batter minimum for pitcher. <laughs> I mean, things like that. I, I would, I would gladly take all that right now. Yeah. Give me an Edwin Diaz blown save in the ninth inning for us to get all upset about. Seems, seems not quite as important, but I, I hope, and I, and I'm optimistic that we will see baseball in the near future. And what concerns me, Maury, and this is why I, I thought about you and, and brought you on because you give a pretty good macro take, is that I'm talking to some people and I talk to some people, you know, around the game. And I heard the other day, well, they want to get as many games in as possible and they want to start as early as possible. And they don't care about the fans in the stands because they have the television. And I'm saying to myself, guys, I understand you need to play games and I understand you need revenue, but you could take a really good product and turn it to really, you know what, if you jam all these games into a short span of time, I think they got to measure twice, cut once, the old saying, and I hope they do that, even though it may cost them some revenue. So what are your thoughts on that? I'm really concerned that they're going to try to jam this thing down everyone's throat as soon as possible. Well, I, I look at it a couple of different ways. Um, first of all, um, the idea of baseball or any form of sports distraction right now um, would bring some sense of normalcy back to a lot of people's lives. I mean, um, this isn't 9-11. It's something entirely different. But there are some feelings about this idea of 
um, baseball being able to bring some sense of normalcy back into people's lives. Um, would it be strange to watch games played um, without fans in the stands? Yeah. I mean, it'll be very odd, but um, the idea that games would be played, I think, would be a, a huge psychological lift for a lot of people in the country. I mean, in terms of the number of games that get played and how they're going to get done and, you know, uh, of this nature, I think the players want it as much as the league does. Um, they really do. I mean, there are some, you know, significant players that are sitting on the sidelines in your window, if you're one of those players that are peeking out right now, you're, if you're a star player and you are making a big difference, your ability to have a window of success is very small. Um, and, you, and being able to do something with that now and losing an entire year, you don't know how that's going to affect you coming in the next year. Um, I think that you conceivably could see some very creative things. Um, I would not surprise me to have a conversation about um, double headers that are seven innings long. Um, I think that you're absolutely going to see games in the postseason in uh, warmer southern locations, um, likely locations that have a roof. I could see Arizona. I could see Miami. Um, I, it's possible that you could see games in Dodger Stadium. It'll be very odd, though. I mean, because baseball, I think, um, more than any other sport, lends itself to that um, dynamic of how the playoffs are in the home field and, and everything that goes along with it. Look, Mike, I, I think the way that you have to look at it is I don't think anybody's trying to cram things in for the purposes of revenues. There is that. I mean, let's not deny it. Um, as it stands right now, there is no money being lost by the networks. Now there's ad revenue being lost by the networks, not the leagues themselves, because no games have, have been lost. Um, if that time arrives, I'm actually waiting for confirmation on this. What would likely happen is um, the television money, if this if, if this holds true from what the NFL did when they had their lockout in 2011, is the revenues would continue to come in. And then they would retroactively pay that back in following years um, with interest. So you might see that happen with the networks. So um, I, I honestly believe that the number of games that are going to be played has more to do with this idea uh, both the players and the league wanting to see some sense uh, of a season in there. They, we're not getting to 162. Um, I would right. not be surprised at this point, Mike, if, if the season starts on July and maybe July 4th at this point. I really mm -hmm. do. I think that May might even be premature at this stage. Yeah, I thought June 1st, but, you know, looking at – got to be careful because now it's a matter of uh, gatherings. You know, you don't want a player to get this, and then you have to shut a mm -hmm. team down. You know, there's a lot of things there. You know, the whole no fans in the stands, which sounds so crazy, but if you go to a Marlins game, you've already seen it, um, makes you wonder the future of this entertainment. Now, they're never going to not have fans in the ballpark, but I've always said, me personally, I love going to the ballpark, but nothing beats being at home with the technology, with the camera angles, with the Twitter, with the interaction. I love, you know, I'm in New York, so I love the booth here, Gary, Keith, and Ron, and even the Yankee booth, if you're a Yankees fan, is not terrible at all. So I like that. That's me personally. I don't mind going to the ballpark, but it's a bit of a hassle at times. Could you see this well, creating a dynamic where, you know, the entertainment of the way we, you know, look at what's important is going to be different? Is attendance going to be less important going forward? No, I don't. I'm not so sure about that. Look, I mean, you know, you, you know there's no way that anybody should take – um, attendance or television numbers or anything. I mean, you just this you're got a complete outlier 
for all sports, not just this season. I think that we will have a psychological, almost a PTSD effect of people going back out into large groups for some time. And I think that this is going to have a ripple effect for some time. Um, I, I don't know about that, Mike. I think the thing about it is, is that the television product across all the sports continues to get better. I, I think the NFL probably more than anything, because let's be honest, nobody likes to go and sit and freeze their butt off. Um, when they can sit at home, it fits perfectly on the screen. It just works out well. Um, but there is that idea that um, I think that baseball, more than the others, because it is a summertime sport, because it lends itself to the social aspect, right, which I think we're – on one hand, I say that there's going to be this PTSD factor where people will be afraid for a while to just go out into groups. And then I think that there's this going to be incredible want of people to be social again. I just – I'm feeling it right now, and I know that I'm not the only one, that, that those people just want to be around other people. Um, so baseball, going to games, I think, will will actually benefit from this in some way um, a little bit. Um, the television thing is the way that it is, and, and yeah, I, I mean, it's great. I watch um, I, when it's going on. I'll watch well over 162 games. I'll watch – I unfortunately live in the Pacific Northwest, so I have to sit there and watch a terrible Mariners team. Um, <laughs> but I will watch – I'll watch – as many national games as I can on top of it. So television, of course, I think the product continues to get better and the network partners are doing what they can about it. And I, what will be interesting is that baseball has always, recent years we've talked about suffering because there's other outlets, there's other forms of entertainment with Netflix and movies and whatever. But because of this shutdown, all those entertainment options have been put on hold. So there's going to be a, a push off of your, your favorite network show or there's going to be less Netflix shows coming out. And and I'm not saying that there won't be other options, but how many times can you watch Donnie Brasco on rerun while you're sitting in shutdown? So maybe baseball gets that, you know, casual fans, yeah, you know, game's on. And this is, you know, I guess we're going three, four months in, in there. Maybe you could grab that back. Maybe I'm being naive or being overly optimistic, but there could be some benefits to the game from all this because they're not going to have they're going to have less competition with those entertainment options that normally would have new things coming out especially as you get towards the fall well i think the big thing that, that really lends itself to this mike is that I, it's surprising to see what's going on in the esports space right now especially with motorsports and there's a real interest in people watching nascar and indycar when the drivers are doing sims i mean it's just an extraordinary wow. and that says that people are interested in live sports there is nothing like it and it will always remain this way because it is unpredictable and so i think that there will be this situation to where pre-canned stuff which of course if you had looked at ratings prior to when this went down you know really um live sports was the one entertainment option that had remained flat or slightly up and that Network television and even some, you know, non-network stuff, cable, you know, um, programming has has largely gone down. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that you will see people wanting to devour something that is fresh. After being stuck in your home for this long, I, I can't imagine that people will not want to crave um, either live entertainment or live sporting events or something other than this to try and break out from it. The the large question is, Mike, of course, when does that happen and how long will it be before it, it arrives? Yeah, and then you have the traditional, so you mentioned it earlier, where you may see seven inning doubleheaders. Obviously, there'll be like maybe a 30-man roster. I'm sure pitchers early on won't be going five innings. It may take a spring training feel in those first couple of weeks. 
with the experimentation that I think everyone anticipates will be happening. I, and I'm not more of a traditionalist, but also I like to push the envelope on certain progressive ideas, but I don't want to get too goofy. This is a scenario where you may not get goofy, but you're going to be more progressive than ever. Does that maybe put the traditionals in a situation where they, they really got to step back now because you have this shortened season, you have this unique situation. We got to really use this for an opportunity to take the game forward. Do you, do you see them, you know, those kind of people relenting, those kind of pundits relenting because it's necessary to say, all right, let's make the best out of the situation. And then maybe we could take some of these ideas in a regular scenario next year and implement them in a different way. I think they're going to have a lot of out-of-the-box stuff, and I think it's going to make some people uncomfortable in a sport that doesn't like, uh, obviously, a lot of progress in a short span of time. Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be that. And, and, I, and I guess I have to look at it a couple different ways. Um, we started this segment basically by talking about the things that we miss. And I, I just got to ask, you know, the, the traditionalist, if you have the ability to watch seven innings of live baseball right now, would you choose that over nothing? And uh, I'm not saying that we're not going to get nine inning games. I'm not going to say that we're not going to get any extra inning games. I'm saying that in this, this year is, is unlike anything else. Are they going to experiment with stuff? Absolutely. And we're, I think we're going to absolutely see, um, the change in the playoffs where we could potentially see a situation where we'll have additional playoff teams to try and once again, increase revenue and, and keep some form of programming that the networks are, of course, they're the ones that are starved for this stuff. They would love to see additional postseason play if they could get it. Um, it's going to be odd and strange. I don't see this neutral site thing happening, of course. Huh. Um, hopefully, knock on wood, we never have to see that again. But look, I mean, it, it, once again, it'll just be something that's entirely different. And I come back to what happened after 9-11. I, I, and, and, and for, of course, anybody in New York, they, they, it, it's impossible to forget if they're old enough. The idea when baseball came back after that one week and we had baseball was an incredible healing um, thing. It was a remarkable thing for me. And I'm a coast away and it mm -hmm. really, I think, did a lot of good. And I, I just, whatever form of baseball it is, it's baseball. And, and I welcome that with open arms at this point. I don't know if we need to get crazy after this. I don't know if this is going to tail off into 2021. I, I, you know, who knows when this is going to end? I, this is something I think that's important to mention, Mike. I talked to executives yesterday at the league, and it is incredible what is going on with them. And, you know, people are thinking that there's no baseball going on, that there's nothing going on. It's absolutely hair on fire crazy because what's happening is their sense of planning can go out the window in the span of hours. This thing is so fluid and moving so rapidly and changing so rapidly. Not, I mean, remember, in different locations, there are different things that are happening with it. So their ability to put together some kind of schedule can, can be completely upended depending upon some locations that have not implemented social distancing. So, look, I, once we get past this and we're able to have something actually happen, I, I think it's going to be a matter for celebration. Here's a scenario, and this is from a broader perspective with sports. You might get, let's say, July 4th. Maybe you get the NBA to do their playoffs in July. They've talked about that with Vegas as a location. I don't know what the NHL would do. Maybe they would come back. I know that there's a lot of arena issues that would have to be worked out. Baseball comes back. You may have, and then the NFL training camp, assuming they're on time, would come later that month. For one of those rare times, you would have all this converging in one spot. And you talked about live and you know sporting entertainment. 
Now the, the, the viewer might have all these choices at one point. Now that's probably unlikely, but it was actually floated over here in New York. I think it was Mike Francesa that you might have this grand jubilee of sports come back and really begin the healing process for everybody. Well, I think that you might. I, I, I think it would be impossible not to at this point. Um, and, and that'll be weird. It really will be. Um, I think that, you know, once again, um, the sports leagues themselves are thinking about it in terms of just their, their rhythm, the, the athletes that are involved in them. Um, you know, do you want to go up against um, the NFL or potentially collegiate football? No, of course you don't. Yeah. But um, the other sports, I think, will go, you know, what? we'll take it at this point. And the, just the idea that they can get some semblance in of a season is going to be there. Um, I, the, the real question, though, Mike, is whether this actually happens. I mean, there's a reason that the, the agreement between the players – and the and and owners was largely about you know advancing them 175 million million dollars for two months. I mean, you could lose the entire season. I mean, that's a contingency mm-hmm. and part yep. of the thing that they you just don't know. So whatever right. the contingencies are, right? I mean, they they're they could shift, they could move. Um, right now, I mean, if you, we could play this thing back in you know two months and just go wow you know that sounded wildly optimistic or wow you seemed like you know you were really you know overly cautious it's just too hard to tell in the in the moment right now we seem like we're a couple of weeks or more away from this peaking and and that's that's really disturbing in the sense that just the focus of the entire country right now is just on this grim thing and so i don't know i really don't i think that you're going to have that and even more so this tails into next year because we've moved the olympics we had the cancellation of Wimbledon. We had the cancellation of the Masters. I mean, how this affects everybody and their consumption is largely unknown. And I think that people will probably be all over the map and just trying to come out of their bunkers for the large part. But I think sports is going to play a huge part in the healing of this country. And I don't say that as like some kind of solve that's going to make everybody better. I think that that would be overly, you know, that that, that would be, you know, really, I think, numb to the whole situation it's just so dramatic right now but i do think that they would help in some form people are tired of staring at their walls right now absolutely you know you went into uh the minor league situation and development is regardless of what the season looks like development of certain players is going to be stunted it'll be interesting how teams play with some of their top prospects that are on the cusp of the with this 30-man roster, will they potentially, assuming it's a 30-man roster, will they throw them in there with service time and everything? But two things, development is going to be tough. It's going to stunt some development of players. And then secondly, in your article yesterday about how this crisis could basically do the Darwinism that the owners were looking to do with these minor league teams, these 40 minor league teams, because quite simply, they can't afford to stay in business. Now, if the club owns the team, they'll be okay. But for all those independently owned minor league teams, I, I agree. I just don't see how they can, uh, how they could keep it up. And it looks like the inevitable is going to happen. And, and it's on two fronts, development and as well as the survival of certain teams. Yeah. So let's take the first part on the development side. I think that what you're doing now is um, the leagues are really looking at this as almost um, a feeder thing right now in terms of just who can keep the rosters afloat. Um, with injuries or what have you in the midst of, of, of a season that would get started. Um, the true development phase and, and everything that we would normally see of just like getting, you know, at bats at the various levels of, of the minors is just really out of the question at this point. It's really a matter of trying to sustain 
what the major leagues, of course, are most concerned about, which is, of course, Major League Baseball. And the second front um, is concerning on a number of levels. I um, I spoke um, to Jeff Lance, who's the head of communications for minor league baseball, um, at length yesterday. Um, and the situation in hand there was he. I mean, he was very grim about the whole thing. You know, he basically said that they needed help. Um, there are um, conversations going on. Of course, they're not face to face at this point. Um, they're they're trying to keep the conversations around the, the PBA going and the agreement to, that has to come to some kind of fruition in September. Um, but they, as he said, um, there's the um, clubs are being advised um, if they fall under the CARES Act so they can get some government assistance that they want to need to individually apply for it. Um, but absolutely, there there's going to be some collapse here. Now I saw one general manager of a, a successful single-A team here in the Pacific Northwest believed that all of them will survive, and I, I know for a fact that that's not going to happen. Um, the league has the, when I say the league, Major League Baseball has the right to shutter um, their clubs that they own. And they may, you know, that was the plan, I think, initially. Uh, maybe that does change because they own them outright and can sustain them. But they may look at this as the ability to um, have basically – you know, the economic weight of this thing shutters some of these teams on their own. I don't know how they survive. I, I would be very, very surprised, Mike, if we get any form of a minor league season in this year. Um, once again, I think that what you're going to see are the top prospects move to the spring training facilities. That will be where they will do that. Um, it's just too difficult with 162 clubs out there to try and – figure out where the pandemic is moving and not and travel and everything that goes along with it. Of course, the, the players and the minors largely travel in buses and whatnot. I just don't see it. So um, I, it's a very grim story. It's very, I think, a very sad story. It would have been bad if, if Major League Baseball had shut them down. The question that I have that um, I have not heard yet is if a club were to shutter under economic weight, whether Major League Baseball feels any obligation at that stage to try and return and support some form of baseball in those communities. And that's the thing that they said. They were like, hey, if we shut down these 40 clubs, uh, we promise that we'll stick some form of baseball back in those communities, you know, some wood bat thing and give them their support. The owners of those teams would have to pay those players instead of Major League Baseball covering the players' salaries. But I, I don't know if they're under any obligation if a team were to shutter under this economics um, and, and, and do that. So uh, there's a bunch of unanswered questions, and I don't think any of them are good. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a couple of things before I let you go. Um, we talked a lot about tanking last time you were on, and I hope the owners look at this, especially with – let's talk about next year. Um, people's uh, – 30% unemployment is a serious number, and I hope it doesn't go to that. You already see the unemployment numbers. Dollars going to be going to, you know, the people are going to be really looking to get their dollars stretched and going to a ballpark and seeing nonsense baseball and teams playing, you know, uh, fantasy baseball games is not going to go over well. I wonder if it changes their outlook. And I also wonder, and I know that owners will use this as an opportunity to try to win in the labor negotiations, a strike or a lockout in the next 12 to 24 months. I don't know if that's a good idea. And I think that, and in some ways, I hope both of those things, this situation kind of puts them in the right side of the column. What are your thoughts? Well, I think it's going to be difficult because, you know, like I kind of said about this, I think that you're going to have a tailing effect here. 
so certainly, you know, I look, am I going to feel bad for freaking $10.7 billion industry? No, I don't feel bad for the owners. They're fine. Um, there is a sense that they will absolutely take an economic hit this year. And okay, so they'll absorb that. Um, if you've already got clubs like the Pirates who are under the watchful eye of the, the MLBPA about how they're spending their money in times of plenty, how are they going to react um, in the midst of the, um, uh, uh, clearly an economic, you know, headwind? Um, I think that they're going. I think you're going to see the opposite, Mike. I think you're going to see a situation to where um, fans may not do that. I think that you may see clubs lower prices. Heaven forbid to get people to come back. And I think that at the same time, you will see more prospects being used. There will be those clubs that have better windows. I mean, you know, there are, there are situations where there will be some teams that will be ready and they will spend and do what they need to do. But I think that there will be some clubs that will look out on the other end of this. And I think the wild card in this whole thing is Fox negotiated their, their TV deal in advance. And it's, it was about a 40% increase for the national TV deal that still leaves ESPN and Turner to negotiate their deal for when 2021 comes up. And I don't know how this whole thing impacts that. I mean, you, when you're doing a TV deal, you're looking at the long view, you're thinking about 10 years and God forbid this thing sticks around and like wipes us out. Right. I mean, I, I just, sure. I'm yep. pessimistic, you know, and I'm not, I'm optimistic <laughs> when I'm looking at that. So I, right. I imagine that the money will be there, but that money should be something that should come in and will be there. But I, I do worry about uh, I, 2021, 2022. I, I think it's going to be the opposite, Mike. I think you're going to see um, salaries cut back. I think that you will see only a few teams that will largely um, spend in free agency when it's there. And I think that it's going to be one of those questions um, that the, the PA, of course, is looking at. I mean, there's going to be some legitimate stuff on the owner's side to say, look, everybody's it's 30% unemployment, blah, blah, blah. I mean, come on. You know that we're not going to get as many people coming through the gates. And that's going to be a legitimate thing. It's whether teams take advantage of it, and that is always the concern. And, of course, the players are going to want to get the maximized amount out of this if they can. You know, what Mookie Betts gets if next year, if he doesn't play a day as a Dodger, um, he's really open to question at this point. So, uh, you know, I, 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 once again, I think it's going to go the opposite way. You have some pretty cool stuff coming up. Obviously, they could check you out on Forbes, also on uh, Twitter. So give the listeners an idea at Bisball Mori on uh, Twitter. What, what do you got coming up? Give us some, something positive, something to chew on here as we uh, try to get away from the, uh, the coronavirus uh, marathon on CNN or Fox or whatever these, uh, the listeners listen to. Yeah, so, uh, you know, right away on Friday, the, I've got something that's non-baseball related. Um, I interviewed Danica Patrick, which I thought was interesting, uh, about her investment in a wellness company that, that deals largely in products that are CBD, and CBD is, of course, a growing um, business sector in the country, and, you know, with the opioid crisis, is kind of an interesting thing, so I thought that was an interesting thing. And then um, coming up soon, I'm going to be interviewing, um, on Monday, I'm interviewing Christian Yelich. And a story that I've actually been working on for quite a while is baseball's ability to market better and how marketing is done. And some of the challenges that baseball has as a marketing element, um, just strictly by the design of the game itself on television and its differences between the NBA and the NFL specifically. Um, but it, I, Christian has been very active um, and very, you know, uh, I won't say aggressive 
in different ways, not in the way that maybe Bryce Harper would be aggressive and be, you know, seen largely on television a lot, but he sees some ways where he thinks that he he can be more active. And there's some stuff going on with baseball right now that's, I think, positive um, in ways that can help, you know, benefit the game. They they acknowledge that um, they have not been um, maybe as done as good a job on the marketing side, and they're trying to do something about it. So I'll be interested to talk to him about that. You're the best. I always appreciate you coming on. I wish it was under different circumstances, but I think you kind of gave us a good feel of what's to come. Let's hope we all do our social distancing, and the sooner we uh, get past this, the more that there'll be baseball, and there'll be baseball a lot sooner. So, Maury, be well. We'll catch up again, and hopefully on better terms next time. So take care and uh, and be well over there. Yeah, and I want to you know give a shout-out to everybody in New York right now. I mean, my, my heart, and I know a lot of other people around the country right now are really concerned for our friends in New York that are seeing an incredible, um, you know, this, this just running ram shot through the whole city and that everybody's thinking about it as bad as it is out here in other places in the country. It's just really bad there. And, and once again, I just hope that everybody that's in the New York area that's listening um, is well and is safe and that um, they get any medical care that they can, that they need at this, uh, you know, really um, trying time. Maury, you're the best. Be well, my friend. We'll talk soon. Okay, my friend. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great one, Mike. Take care. That's Maury Brown. Forbes at Bizball Maury. Good segment. Always enjoy him. Let's take a quick break. Wrap up. You're listening to the Talking Mets podcast. We'll be back with more right after this. The Talking Mets podcast loves catching up with Mets alumni. Hear former pitcher Doug Sisk talk about the 1986 team when he joined me for the 30th anniversary weekend on May 29th. 2016. No, you know what? We were no different than anybody else right now. It's just that right now, I think with all the cell phones, all the multimedia and all that, I mean, you can't get away with anything. Back then, it's not that we tried to get away with anything or anything like that. It was just we were free-spirited. We did what it took to win the game on and off the field. If we needed to be prepared whatever way it was, everybody was different. We had guys who would drink some beer in the front of the plane. We had guys that would drink this or have fun. And the other guys were playing Trivial Pursuit. In the middle of the plane, everybody was different, and they all respected what we did, but there was never one time where none of us ever focused on the game of baseball. And Davey will tell you that 100%. Listen to this and more at www.talkingmetspodcast.com. All right, we're back. Final thoughts. I, I thought Maury Brown, as always, did a great job. I think he gave us some interesting insight, and uh, hopefully some of the things he talks about, he was a, a lot more optimistic than I have been regarding a somewhat competent baseball season, as much as you can get competence with what's been going on in the world and what's been going on out there. So good stuff from Maury Brown at Bizball Maury on Twitter and also uh, you can check him out at Forbes does great work over at Forbes so what's next uh, I am working and and I won't give it away I'm working on a really I think fun segment for next week's program with uh, somebody I think it's a really especially considering that we don't have baseball and we don't have really anything current to talk about it's a fun segment that I think you all enjoy and I know uh, when I bring guys on and they've done projects, some of you have, have gone out and participated in going to their website or bought their book or whatever it may be. So I hope this is one that you do the same. So stay tuned for that. I'm not going to let you know. I want to keep a little suspense and a little su- surprise 
for all of you coming back. So that's the plan, trying to get every week back on some kind of schedule here, whether it be something new that I come across, uh, a throwback. I've been thinking about doing a throwback. I have a couple in the can that I've been looking at. And, I mean, we got weeks left of this, so this is not something that I have to rush. And uh, I, I know that there's probably been a little bit less engagement. I, I look at the numbers, the show itself, the engagement level is down, and I don't I don't blame you guys, and, and, and there's a very good reason for that. But I hope we could get back into some kind of groove here. Uh, just like the sports world, we were stunted with all the momentum we had and all the good stuff we had going on here, and we have to adjust, so that's what we're going to do. And uh, hopefully you'll stick around and and stay on this ride along with me. And as always, you can uh, send me a note. I'd love to hear from you, Mike Silva at Talking Mike Silva at TalkingMetsPodcast.com. Got a little tongue tied over there. Of course, you can check out the show all the time at the TalkingMetsPodcast.com. Send me a tweet at Mike Silva Media, and you get the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, pretty much whatever podcasting service you desire. I'm your host, Mike Silva. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Be healthy, be safe, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll be back with another Talking Mets podcast next week. Till then, take care, everybody. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.